All right. Hey, everybody. It's been a it's been a hot minute, but we are back. We promised an Ultra Despair Girls episode, and I promised you that this would end up being the game that I actually this would be, end up being my favorite Danganronpa game, despite the fact that Kiri and Jen hated it. Yeah, and uh, I got some unfortunate news. I was right. Yeah, fucking Nostradamus oh. strikes again. God, Jack Jackie Dramas, Jackie Dra. I don't know. Jackie Dramas. I don't know. I just realized um, I our stream the whole playthrough on twitch.tv if you want to check it out. Um I had some I had the gulag pop in and out. Um so it, it's uh twitch.tv slash your lizard friend, it's in my VODs. Uh-huh. Um But what are we here to do? We're uh, hey, I forgot to I'm do here the- to de- I'm here to defend it from you sickos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here on Ultra Despair Reprise, a Danganronpa recap podcast, going through the entire Danganronpa series, one murder at a time. I am the ultimate host, Kyrie. I'm the ultimate fangirl, Jennifer, though maybe not. I don't know what I case. am anymore. <laughs> I don't know what I am anymore. Hey, here's Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Sorry for cutting you off initially, Jen. We'll fix that in post. It's incredible. We haven't done this podcast in a while, and I was like worried for a second. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I just do this intro all the time. It's fine. It's like riding a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah, it's like riding a bicycle. There's uh There's spokes. There's spokes. Mm-hmm. You pedals. Know, you're sitting. You're yeah, you're uh, go hammering on those pedals. Um, the Danganronpa gang is the Kamado Kuma's there for some reason. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> off to a fantastic start. I'm like Great. bumping into shit, and uh, We're off uh, to this a... is not a good desk for streaming or no. for podcasting or for anything that like requires audio recording. It's fine. I. We'll I'll live. figure. It, we'll live. We'll figure it out as we live through Ultra Despair Girls, the sequel slash prequel to Danganronpa one and two. So timeline wise, okay. Release order. This came out after Dang- Super Danganronpa two. Then, yeah. Well, like I said, it came. It came yeah. out on the Vita. It came out all- after. Mm-hmm. It came out after, although very. It came funny. out on the Vita. I have told this story before. Okay, <laughs> but oh yeah, I, wait, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, for for the people who haven't listed listened in a while because we haven't recorded in a while, um, I initially bought a Vita to play Danganronpa, and I would try to play Ultra Despair Girls, and what would happen is I would get to like the first boss and then my vita would delete the save i like oh my god i remember this i remember uh-huh. this like i would play through the game i would get to the first boss whatever put it down for a while and be like okay i'll come back to it in a few days a few days later gone just fucking god gone. and but, that intro the intro to the game is rough that first chapter is like god kinda... So I think my beef, so I, I think Ultra Despair Girls. Uh-huh. So I guess I guess to 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 preempt, like, you know, to preempt everything, I I think Ultra Despair Girls is maybe it, it is. It's I it does a lot of like it's it is a good it is one it is probably my favorite Danganronpa game, uh-huh. uh, in a lot of ways so far but it is not immune to Danganronpa's variety of terrible fuck-ups right 
so yeah, a little background for this game. So as we know, Degenrappa one and two are visual novels uh, primarily. Um, there's some walking around and stuff, but it's a visual novel through and through. Um, then they decided at some point, Spike Chun. I think it was basically after the success of Danganronpa 2 in the US and Japan they were like we need to get something out right and they wanted to do something a little different so they turned it into a visual novel slash third person shooter slash occasional action game yeah i'd say it's uh, a watered down survival horror game basically yeah, horror, i guess that's yeah. a good way to put it um so, but also originally wasn't uh, the first Danganronpa intended to basically be a third person, like puzzle game, more or less. I believe so. In the development of Danganronpa One, I think it was going to be a third person thing, and then they decided to scrap that and go with a pure first person view, aside from like the CGs. So um, this is the fucked up third person thing that they wanted to make the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those situations where. By the time this one came out, it was... The developers were basically worried if they made an action game, it would alienate the visual novel fans. So the reason you can switch to Genocide Jill or Genocide or Show is uh, because... Oh, hey, this is like an easy mode for people who aren't good at action games. (laughs) Heaven forbid the Danganronpa team alienates people. Danganronpa alienating people? What? Danganronpa... Doing things people don't like? What? Excuse me? Pardon? Pardon? You mean the you mean the game where with fucking Kurokuma it has things people is gonna have things people don't like? We need okay, we need like a slight modicum of structure, I think. Um I'm sorry, this game is so much we're kinda going all over the place. It's fine. Um, But Okay. So now I don't even know where to start. Um, so started... what, so let's so let's do it as like a microcosm of our podcast. So what we'll do is we'll we'll go chapter by chapter what we liked, what we didn't like. Oh, it's that... uh, I guess we could try discussing it chapter by chapter, but I am more. I guess the way that I see it more is just in terms of big picture stuff. Okay, and... I think that's also a good way to do yeah, it. Yeah, let's. I'm, I'm let's... fine with whatever. So big picture. This is a I'm trying to think how to describe the plot of this game. You play as um You play as um, Na- Makoto's sister. Yeah, Komaru Naeki. Yes. She's Who's... Makoto's sister. She's been trapped in Toa City. I yeah. think it's called for a, for a while. Yeah, she's year. she's implied to like they basically imply that this is, it already gets confusing. They basically imply that uh, she got kidnapped or something and got placed in this apartment for about a year where a mysterious force just, like, gives her all her meals and magazines and stuff. Um, yeah. And um, then, I mean, they, they explicitly state that she was kidnapped and, that, and, and those things. Um, but I think the, the implication is that, like, that was done about when the tragedy happened? Question mark? Like, that was part of Junko Enoshima's plan. Right, because at the beginning of Danganronpa 1, you got that 
that tape that was given to Makoto shows his sister and his mom and dad, and then they are gone. So, it's been so long since I messed with Ultra yeah, Despair Girls. It's yeah. been a while. <laughs> yeah, they're they were basically being used as blackmail for the students of the first game. Like, there yeah, are other I mean, people on this island that are members of other people's families. And all of the, all yeah, all of the, like, you, you pick up, like, dossiers on the uh, characters um, from that, like, are the motivation characters for the other ones, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, there's, I don't think, I didn't get them all, so I don't know for certain. I, I don't think there's, I, I don't know if there's one for, uh, for Sayaka, or... That's my that's my Zono. I, is her fir- is her first name Sayaka? Yes, Sayaka Sayaka my Zono. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, I sorry, it's been a while. It's been it's been a, it's, it's been a hot minute. Wait, um, hot, just brief sidebar. Well, like the reason it's been a hot minute is because like Jen and I had to move. I had to get a new job. Lots of stuff has happened between. Yeah, it's been utter chaos. It's been utter absolute, sometimes despair inducing chaos. Um, but anyway, so, um, so what kind of happens is eventually, like, Amanokuma breaks down, um, Kamaru's door, and yeah, we, she gets, basically gets thrust into, like, like, I'm trying, like, that's the thing about the timeline, is, like, the tragedy It's, it's a little wacky. Danganronpa, I think, trades a lot on its vibes, so I think the actual specific timeline and whatnot is not super important. From what I understand, this is like the aftershocks of the tragedy, where it's like, you know, like, this is kind of a post-mortem plan for Junko, where it's like, okay, we're gonna, you know, if I, regardless of whether I win or lose, regardless of what I'm doing with this, like, experiment with Hope's Peak, Mm -hmm. what we're gonna do is we're gonna have, like, you know the remaining we're gonna take this city and we're just gonna fuck with everybody in it and like this is going to make people despair or whatever because that's junko's only like motivation is despair um right she also let me get this straight she also put like two halves of her ai personality into shirokuma and kurokuma it yeah so it's very oh sorry I was just saying, yeah, that's a little further ahead, but uh, <laughs> well, we jump around. It's, anyway. I mean, this is supposed. This is essentially like a, a like a retrospective on the game, so we can jump around. Mm-hmm. We have room to do that. Yeah. Um, I think Shirokuma and Kurokuma. That reveal was egregious. We didn't need that. Um. But Junko, like, she split her AI core into that, and that's and that's the AI core that you have to deal with in um, Danganronpa Two. Yes, but that doesn't really give any more context to it, so it's a weird, like digression. Yeah, although but I guess it, they want to justify having Komaeda there too. So yeah, although in a fun little um casting decision, um for the Japanese version, the voice actress for Junko voices both Shirokuma and Kurokuma, but in English, um Junko is voiced by two women, so they had um the two women um uh go like not go between but like voice both halves of um shirokuma and kurokuma oh that's cool i didn't yeah. even realize that 
Yeah. Also um, worth mentioning that uh, Toa City was specifically spared um, was specifically spared from the original tragedy because that's where all the Monokumas were coming from. It's yeah, that's a li- that's a reveal um, that you get like a third of the like two thirds of the way through the game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, I cut you off there, Jen. Oh, I was just gonna um, say, and later just all falls to shit because Monica has her own plans. Yeah, uh, the um. So the so essentially the pitch for the game the elevator pitch is that you are is that like uh, Komaru and Toko who is sent by the Future Foundation to to uh, rescue her and Byakuya, mm-hmm. um they they are they're just two girls and they're in love um they they go on an adventure um and a big they, uh, a big lesbian adventure oh my god like let me fucking tell you about these characters I. There, I that, think the the here. I don't know how they took Toko, who was just kind of annoying in the first game, and like made her like really compelling by giving her somebody to riff off of. But like somebody at Spike Chunsoft had had like that you know flash of like, what if we gave these characters what like and the what if we gave these characters room to operate like this is thing everything I've been asking for the entire series mm-hmm. is just like give two characters the spotlight, you know, instead of having us try and split our attention between like 16 dudes, half of which are going to be 10 of two thirds of which are going to be dead by the end of the game. Um, and yeah, no, like you get like, I think the thing like ultra despair girls is worth checking out, uh, on it for the character focus alone. Like the fact that the fact that Komaru gets to do things and like, you like, uh, people other than Komaru get to do things like Komaru has like like by the end of it you walk away like oh yeah Komaru is like an actual character she has things going on you know Toko gets actual characterization the the four um the four like sub big bads the get, warriors like, actual of... yeah the warriors of hope or warriors of warriors of justice I think no I think I think they call themselves the warriors of hope yeah warriors of hope yeah yeah, Monica, so they're the Warriors yeah. of Hope, and they get actual development. Now, granted, the actual development they get, like, they kind of suck. <laughs> Some of them kind of suck. Like, um, I, like, who is the, the kid? The... Who is the spiky hair? Or the like? Because okay, so I occasionally on those like you stream this to um your Twitch channel, and I joined in every now and again. And I remember we got to this sequence with um, the blue-haired kid, um, Nagisa. Nagisa. Yeah, yeah, Nagisa, where he is recounting this story about how his parents basically abused him. They, yeah, they leveled him up like a Pokemon. They leveled him up like <laughs> they EV trained Nagisa. They EV trained him. And so, like, but here's the thing. On one hand, you have, like, oh, Nagisa's parents EV training him. And, like, you know, trying to evolve him like a fucking Pokemon, which is, like, hilarious, but, like, stated with, like, a deadpan, like, this is serious text. My parents you know, treated me like a, treated. like an RPG. And it's yeah, just this, so, which is, like, it's, this it's fucking, comical. yeah. Oh yeah, but God, then, I'm like, a water pour. <laughs> yeah, like, but then you get to the other two, and, like, the other two are just straight up, oh, yeah, my parents beat me. And then the yeah, other so, one is. Hold on. Uh, okay, let him finish. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, and then the other one is like, oh yeah, my parents used me for sex work. And it's like, well, all this shit fucking sucks. Well, 
that's the thing is that like I think the problem is that it doesn't have a, a consistent tone of these. Oh my god! So I think the problem with these is that it doesn't have a consistent tone mm-hmm. because like Nagisa is genuinely pretty funny. Um, Kotoko's is fucked up and like bad, and I think that they could have handled it a bit more tactfully if they wanted to. Right. Um, and Masaru's was genuinely pretty good. Like I his his motivation being so simple is like yeah his father would was like just an abusive drunk and it's like wow that's genuinely fucked up and like of course it would make people believe in like you know of course like a literal child would you know take away the wrong bits for that and externalize self loathing or blah 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 and like you know run into the arms of Junko essentially right um and like which all these characters do um. Yeah, but Jukos, like you, then Jukos. you have Jotaro, who's also who's also abused. But like the abuse. But again, like these, there's like not really a good strong understanding of like you know of abuse or like you know or how to or even how to. Pr- there's just there's it's there's a lot of bad writing. I think Jotaro just sucks. There's nothing that makes him like endearing in the way that like they're obviously trying to go for. Isn't Jotaro's, like, whole thing was, like, oh, my parents thought I was ugly or something, this is why I wear this burlap sack over my head? Yeah, his mom, his mom couldn't stand to look at him, and, like, so, like, the idea is, oh, yeah, you know, he thinks he's hideously ugly, but, like, when you beat him, you find out he was beautiful the whole time, he's, like, an ethereally beautiful baby-faced child, and Mm -hmm. it's, like, okay, yeah, I get it, because, like, the, then the game hammers in like the reason that his mom hated him was because like he had such a because he was like a perfect child and like she was so fucked up that she felt bad for being evil and fucked up and it's like yeah whatever that this does not like the way they conveyed it was really poor and Jotaro himself like is a really kind of so like Jotaro is like very obviously meant to be somebody with like a, a like a a men- like a learning disability. Mm-hmm. And the way that they have him speak is really bad. It's insufferable. It, it is, is it's not like it is a wreck. So the way the way he is voiced in both English and Japanese is that he speaks very slowly like that and it would be like there are i don't think you can make that okay yeah like i think i don't know i just think there are different ways to like go about that sort of thing you know mm-hmm. and i also... think if jatiro talked normally it would be fine it would have just been it wouldn't be nearly as offensive but it's just like it's just like playing through it's just like wow this is this is fucked up. Yeah, and also like they take all of these various backstories and instead of focusing them on high schoolers but not entirely high schoolers or whatever, like this is all these are all middle schoolers. It's like I thought they were younger than that. No, they're middle school kids. Middle school kids? Okay. They're just drawn like smaller children. Oh yeah. Everybody in yeah. Dying Rap is drawn with like True. Baby face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, it's a I could pick up where... and throw Jotaro. <laughs> you probably could. You probably you could probably toss that boy like a javelin. <laughs> it's like I just wanted at one point for Komaru when she's encountering the Warriors of Hope to just pick one of them up. 
you know Kom- I, that's the thing is that like it, it's it's genuinely disappointing that at no point does komaru just like slap one of them upside the head and go okay you know quit being a prick yeah they did attach c4 to her arm though so I, that literally just increases the velocity of the slap yeah. i saw it in baki we're good uh, i'm pretty sure there's a sushi ramen video out there of attaching c4 to a baseball bat and then just accelerating the force <sighs> so um but but yeah the yeah. other the other words of hope are actually i think like nagisa like i i'd say ranking them you know like Jatro obviously is like the worst written of the bunch and he uh-huh. doesn't really get a lot of screen time is the funny thing like he's kind of just like a malignant tumor and then mm-hmm. just like vanishes because he's he goes through it and is out of the story by the second chapter by yeah. the end of the second chapter um and then you have like Nagisa who is like a, a recurring character but he's like a, he's through most of the game and he just kind of like he's not as bad but he's kind of middling Masaru is pretty pretty great. He's a pretty great introduction. He's kind of a good step for these characters. And Kotoko is like maybe my favorite Danganronpa character. Remind me, she's just like aggressively a theater kid. Oh, that's right. And like during during the opening that I had to play several times, I never beat this game. But (laughs) wait, I have more. I have more Danganronpa gamer cred than Kiri. Yeah, it's true. Oh fuck yes! <laughs> yeah, I'm you, the I am the finally... ultimate. I am the ultimate Danganronpa fan here. Yep. For <laughs> yes, you are. Um, just I remember um, during the intro sequence in which you meet the Warriors of Hope, you have nested intros in which you can press a button and get a second intro for the intro of the kids. Mm-hmm. Which was a choice. It's oh my god! I I have I don't know if it was the stupidest or the best possible thing to do because it feels like it's take it feels like Danganronpa taking the piss out of itself. Like how dare they call us long winded? <laughs> you want to see long winded? I gonna, will show you long winded. I will add another minute and a half of dialogue in the middle of it and have like you you will press the button to be like, oh, I guess I'm going to see the second in the nested intro. Right. And then the we character, will, just, the character, we just will make themselves. You, we will give you the button. We will give you the button. We'll put you in control because like I saw all those extended intros and I knew it was a bad decision every time I hit the button. But like, why would you? Why would like if you're gonna put the bad decision ahead of me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. You were gonna say something about Kotoko Kirie? I was just gonna say that she is pretty charming. Um, the line works a little better in Japanese when she says like her favorite food is like what fried chestnuts. Yeah, she likes ro- she likes uh, roasted, roasted che- chestnuts. Roasted- and her and her least favorite food is chestnuts that aren't roasted. Yeah. Oh, it's peeled and unpeeled. Peeled and she unpeeled. Likes, she likes it. peeled chestnuts. She hates when they're unpeeled. But I think that's really funny because chestnuts are spiny. So like, yeah, everybody hates unpeeled chestnuts. <laughs> this is just a, the implication that she tended to, to eat a unpeeled chestnut at one point. That's like saying, "Oh, my favorite food is like roasted chicken, and my least favorite food is raw chicken." 
Like, yeah. I, yeah. I certainly hope you didn't like that. Right. Yeah. God. Um, oh, sorry, Jen. I... I was just gonna say, I think that the general point I was just gonna make with the middle schooler thing is that, like, it feels like an extra degree of the writers being like, uh, isn't this so fucked up when they give them a backstory as opposed to the other games? It just feels like they're just doing whatever they can to bring out all the edgy. I don't know. Danganronpa has always been kind of egregious and edgy. Like, I mean, I when true. we were talking about it earlier, we, I talked about how like there's really nothing in Ultra Despair Girls that goes that goes quite as like over the line as like you know misgendering Chihiro and then aggressively doing that for the rest of the game uh, for the first one. Um. And like you know, of course, um, big spoiler: Monica, the the girl in the wheelchair, is faking her disability. But that's not, you know, it's it's, it's not out Rampa's of lo- no, yeah, it's, it's not, not out of character for the series to do that. But Jen, what's your counterpoint? There is a groping mini game in this one, though. Like that is something that happens in this, and it that. That it was the least offensive Danganronpa minigame. If you want, is the least offensive Danganronpa minigame that I have ever played. I'm sorry. <laughs> every other Danganronpa video game, every every other Danganronpa minigame has been like pulling teeth, and it just goes like, oh, swat the hands, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but it's I'll- real gross. <laughs> it's real gross, but also this is the same game where like you know it wants you to empathize with a sex pest, like several times like like it has several characters whose joke is that they're a sex pest you know like yeah there's there's a bit where they where like kotoko is like you know we're gonna we're gonna grope you but the hands don't like do any graphic groping they're just kind of like mickey mouse hands that go over the body and like when you when you see it from like because uh, you see this during um and from another uh, perspective from Toko's perspective during uh, a boss fight that happens kind of simultaneously, um they're just slapping the shit out of Komaru. <laughs> I guess I guess to me what this sounds like is that like most things the answer is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> um, I think... centrist Kiri moments <laughs> centrist. Kiri. Yeah, I didn't know um, you got the Democrat ticket for 2024. It's true. Congrats! Thank you. I worked really you and hard Pete on this. Is, right? Yeah, exactly. God, how are we gonna lose? <laughs> yep. But what I mean is, like, I think Jen's point can still stand of it being like egregious and bad, but also at the same time, Jackie, this is not out of character for Danganronpa being bad and weird about everything um yeah like if i had to pick a short phrase to describe if i had to describe danganronpa the series in one sentence uh, i'd probably would say you know it's it's bad it's it's very bad and egregious with things towards women (laughs) yeah yeah that is true but anyway and i guess comparing it to like i guess the other thing about um Shirokuma and Kurokuma is that out of the two pieces of media we have left, like comparing it to this one, this one might be the second most racist one that we're gonna play. Wait, what was the? Oh my god, it gets more <laughs> racist. Yeah. Hold on, what are you talking about, Jen? Danganronpa three, the anime. So, 
So, um... Okay, yeah. Oh, I saw that character design, yeah. It literally does have a pools closed guy, huh? Um, so, (laughs) I think... So, so... Wanna know, wanna know a brief, brief thing about, um, that character? Oh, no. Uh, I I think... (laughs) Should we save it for the remember. I'll save it... it's I'll, a joke based on the voice cast. It's a joke based on the voice cast. Yeah. We will talk about I don't it when we talk if about it's the anime. Ayahi Takagaki, or if it's Aoyuki, or if it's somebody... We'll it's talk Rie about Kugamiya. it. Rie Kugamiya, that's right. He's voiced by Terie. God. Um, Ooh, wait, did Rie Kugamiya also do... She was... She was Rie uh, Kugamiya Taiga. did everything. She was Taiga, right? Yeah, yeah, Rie Kugamiya was Taiga. And Rie Kugamiya, like, defined an entire, like, decade of Sundere's. That is true. That's that's where the name Terie comes from. It's like, you'd be... Um... But... That's neither here nor there. That's, um, yeah, that's neither here nor there. We're kind of getting lost in the weeds. As um, we do. As we, we are wont We love to, to get lost in the weed. We are, we are uh, some regular pot smokers. Uh, <laughs> yep, just get in that marijuana. We we love that devil. We love Satan's arugula here, folks. We love the devil's lettuce. The devil's we lettuce. love we love Beelzebub's um, Beelzebub's mixed greens. Uh, yeah, Beelzebub's salad. <laughs> um, Be- hopefully, I never utter that phrase ever again. Um, yeah, you might. You might I never. Mi- you might. You might say it again what at if, some point. What if you I might have be like, on your deathbed going Beelzebub's salad? <laughs> Oh, uh, I had smoked huh? a good leaf once more. Yep. Please bring me some uh, Mary Jane. <laughs> oh boy! But yeah, we were going over the Warriors of Hope. We were going over the Warriors of Hope. I also we were going to... over the Warriors of Hope. Yeah, I also kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about like Kamaru and Toko's like big lesbian adventure because, truth be told, their big lesbian adventure is the best part of the game. So much so. That I'm pretty sure, Jed, you bought the spin-off manga of this game for the Can you tell us a little bit more about the spin-off manga? Yeah, it's I guess there's not much to tell other than like it's the same story, except it uh has a lot of cute um artist decides for like, oh yeah, here's Toko and Kamaru trying uh, on yeah. each other's clothes for fun and stuff like I that. I can't hear either of you <laughs> if you're well, talking. Um, hold on. Are we back? I think Discord may have shit the bed. Oh, okay. Hold on. So there is a, the moral quandary of like, well, you know, what do you do? What do you do for people who are wounded by society? And in turn... I can know, hear you now. Can, okay, Kiri's back. I was just talking about the cycle of abuse and how it... Okay. To, uh, ultra okay, rush. great. I can't wait to keep that all in and edit it all out at the same time. It is, yeah, that's getting edited out immediately. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, on the choppy block. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, folks. What am I apologizing for? I'm just going to cut this all out. What were we talking about? 
Watch as you cut none of this out. <laughs> I'm gonna cut none of it out. It's all great content. We were I talking. Don't remember what we were talking about? Toku Kamaro's Big Lesbian Adventure. Jen was talking about the manga. You I mentioned... think I went in a weird digression about the 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 four of the the uh, the elite four because I uh, I for I honestly I when I was put on the spot I forgot what we were talking about too. Um. So yeah. So the big the big adventure that they go on. Um. It gets gay, folks. Like. <laughs> There's a CG of like Komaru grabbing Toko's ass and oh yeah shit that's the the sleep CG so <laughs> this so this CG made me play Ultra Despair Girls no joke um, <laughs> I fucking popped this game I fucking popped this game in because like I was like okay so like Komaru's the ch- Komaru's a Chad here because she just straight up cops a feel and honest to God she does like. It's uh, like there's no other way to interpret half this shit as like okay yeah no Komaru and like and and Toko like unknowingly are a married couple now. Um, there is Diakia quite literate. is in the game unfortunately. Uh huh. Um, but he's such a non-entity and he's like he's just like a thing that like oh Toko will bring up like at the end of a chapter like oh have I mentioned Biakia like with yeah, my yeah have with my fucking not yaoi vision. But yaoi like, vision, yeah. it's kind of yaoi vision. It is basically, we have these asides where Toko is talking about uh, Biakia and he has extremely long fingers and a long face. Like it was like fucking, what was the name of that show? Um, that yaoi I mean, like, parody show? I don't remember, but it's, it's, it is, it, it is, it is of itself a parody of budget yaoi. Yeah. Yeah, Bally's I was thinking about the way uh, Rosa Versailles draws people. It's like that. Not quite. Like, okay, maybe, maybe a little. I remember when I was living in Japan, I saw Rosa Versailles branded mascara. Nice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those think... girls—they make good. They make good mascara. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, every once in a while, you just cut to Biakia getting um, tortured with his shirt off and stuff. Sometimes whips, sometimes other stuff, and he he ranks your performance in the chapter. Great. Which is honestly a really funny way to present someone's rankings. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. I thought that like I and like I, I just I, I don't like Biakia. I'm sorry. Like I, there's nothing in this world that will make me like Biakia. I imagine like he's just. He's just a dick. Yeah. I can kind of see why you really like this game then, because it's partially about Toko getting over Byakuya. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it really does feel, like, it's so weird, but it really does feel like, 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 okay, Komaru goes on this adventure where, like, she finds, like, a rock, you know, somebody who, who like, who will, who supports her, and, like, an actual, and actually, like, you know, and, and, like, somebody for her to support. Like this is much about Toko being, or this is a lot about like like to, they, they, it's they lean on each other. They're both emotional supports. Half of this also feels like Toko getting off of over like a bad ex, which is like the weirdest thing. It's it genuinely like th- this is the weirdest breakup buddy comedy I've ever seen. Yeah, and that is like I said, it's probably the best part of the game is their interactions and relationships. You know, um, yeah. They, I do remember that there is, like, there is an episode in Danganronpa 3, the anime that we're about to watch at some point, um, 
where they do um, show uh, Komaru and Toko. And it kind of like... I mean, like, this game does have a resolution, but, like, it further resolves, like, their relationship in a really interesting way. Like, yeah. Danganronpa doesn't seem like the game a game that's brave enough to be like, oh, they're gay lovers. But, like, they're gay lovers. <laughs> it's true. I'd say that the series gets increasingly brave about saying that stuff as it goes on. Does it? Yeah, like, well... Maybe not for the anime, because three anime... Well, we'll get into that, but uh, V3 has a bunch of stuff where it's like, oh, here's these two boys straight up saying, oh yeah, I really fucking like you. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, part of me feels like this is going to be like a death confession. A death confession? Yeah, like, this is like, like they're gonna be like, you know, that, 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 like, they're gonna be like, oh, I really like you, but it's gonna be like, as they're dying, so it's like, oh, you know, alas, little homie gay ass. <laughs> alas, little homie <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, Rest in uh, peace. You were, you were so my best friend and so gay. <laughs> it's But it's now you're that, dead we'll now. We'll get into that. <laughs> now you're quite. dead now. The writers killed you off. I don't know why they would ever do that. But yeah, as Kiryu's getting into, like, I have several volumes of the manga that uh, basically adapted this game's story, and uh, the best parts of that manga are just, like, seeing the little moments theme, author drew in, like, Kamaru and Toko trading clothes for a panel, or things like that. I'm sorry, I'm just <laughs> imagining, like, a manga of the something awful Let's Play. <laughs> 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 uh, shout out the... to something awful let's players yeah also the covers for these manga they're fantastic like some of the nicest looking covers i've ever seen for a manga they are pretty good they are pretty good but yeah um uh yeah. so what else um Oh, uh, so let's talk about mechanics, actually, because I do want to talk yeah. about the mechanics of the game. I feel like in any good review of something, um, so I we brought, we talked about mini games briefly, and I said that like, you know, no mini game, like no mini game in Ultra Despair Girls was as offensive as like the mini games in any, and I stick by that. Ultra Despair Girls mini has like one mini game. Well. Okay, it has like some puzzle stuff. Like I do remember for Oh yeah, the the puzzle stuff is all optional though. No, I'm talking about like the overhead like puzzles. Yeah, like, those are optional. Those... What? I thought you needed to do those to progress. You need to clear the rooms to progress, but if you don't want to fuck with the puzzle, you could just not do it. Oh, you just shoot them. It, it penalizes yeah, you, just, you, you if just you do that, them. but yeah. What'd you say, Jeb? It penalizes you if you do that, but yeah. But who the penalty who's going is for... nothing. It penalizes yeah, it penalizes your score like, oh, Biaki is going to call me a stupid fuck up. He's going to do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the thing with this game is that it was the act of playing it was thoroughly miserable for me. Someone who is into survival horror games like it is such a nothing game mechanically. Out of curiosity, what platform did you play it on, Jen? Oh, PS4. OK, uh, they had slightly better controls. Yeah, I think on the PS4 version, because on the Vita, it was OK. It was fine. So 
the thing about like shooting in this game is like you have multiple bullet types, right? And um every monokuma, every monokuma variant you fight has one big obvious weak point, which is the red eye. And it's actually a pretty big target, so it's not that it doesn't require that much precision. But so you say that <laughs> But, okay, so you know how people complain? You know how Dark Souls cameras are fucked up? Yes. I've been playing Dark Souls, and it has fucked up cameras. Uh, Diana Rampa Ultra Despair Girls. Uh, its camera makes Dark Souls camera, makes Souls game camera, because, like, it makes it look like literal actual perf- cam- like camera perfection. Diana Rampa Ultra Despair Girls has given me multiple situations where i've been trying to aim and like the camera has freaked the fuck out and i got hit because i didn't know what to do like it couldn't do anything about it rather yeah now that i think about it it's like basically what happens it it tries to do kind of like the re4 thing except like when you hit the trigger button to like set up your shot in with kamaru like i'm trying to remember she like takes up a certain amount of real estate on the screen. She takes up, like, a solid third of the screen. Right. And, like, Leon did the same thing in RE4, but he was shoved to the side in such a way, and also the, like, laser reticle on the gun helped you aim your shot. Like... Yeah. So, it's that's so that's a problem, but also, like, the problem is that um, you... So you have to, so like, you, the game is very stingy with bullets. It, well, it's not very stingy with bullets, actually. It's it's rather, it's gives you a couple. I think the thing, the thing that drives me nuts about it is that like, the monokuma, like, the monokumas are not, they don't feel super well play tested because you can get wombo comboed for all of your health by like a single grenade thrower. Mm-hmm. Like, they're trying to do the Doom thing of, like, introduce an enemy type and then through combinations of various enemy types of monokumas, like the ball monokuma, the shield monokuma, like, I think they were, in theory, in theory, in a perfect world, this game would actually be kind of cool because I've always loved the Doom-style design of, like, having a small roster of enemies that through their combinations and permutations, allow you to, like, go through a room or go through an arena differently because of how the various enemies interact. That doesn't happen in this game. Yeah, Danganronpa Ultra Despair Girls has one set... So, like, it doesn't seem to take this lesson of, like, you can do this, but you don't have to. Danganronpa has, like... Ultra Despair Girls has, like, one set solution to every encounter. And you have to do that or you're going to be running out of bullets, like, right away. And everything takes a bunch of shots to kill unless you hit it in the red eye. And even then, um, it just kind of sucks sometimes. Yeah. 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 Jen? Speaking of Ball Monokuma, it's, we finally got to the game where <laughs> the enemy that our very first tweet came from. <laughs> yeah. Mom <laughs> Bob says it was it's my the- turn to be st- the metaphor for structural violence. It's true. <laughs> uh, 
<sighs> but yeah, it's. I, I kind of lost my Bible. shit when I saw Bob come. <laughs> <laughs> I like went insane. Entire... I was like, there he is. There's the boy. <laughs> the entire podcast has been leading up to this moment. But Jed, you were about to say something. I was going to say, like, as I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm someone who plays a lot of survival horror games, both indie, retro, all that sort of stuff. And uh, I've played... I played Dreamcast survival horror games through emulation and stuff like that that's controlled better than this fucking game. You think and Blue were more St- interesting than this game. You think Blue Stinger controls better than this? I would put, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Blue that's Stinger for Blue Stinger for the kids out there was a just look up Blue Stinger cutscenes. You'll you'll be in for a great time. Yeah, exactly. You go underwater like <laughs> Jackie's picture. I'm having a sippy. Um, yeah. I need a sippy to deal with this. Yeah. Taking, um, tr- taking shots of my Estes flask <laughs> to recover health. Hello, everyone. It's me, Kyrie. I have some stuff to talk about, but hey, let's do the shout outs first. This is a podcast on the Scanline Media Network. Scanline Media is host to tons of great podcasts and other projects. We have shows like Bald Gun Guy, Bottle Crow, and Mechanista NG, and just so much more. If you like our stuff, hey, you can also support us on Patreon. If if you want, that'd be great. Uh, $1 a month gets you access to Oops All Anime with over 200 episodes of anime coverage so we've probably covered something you'll like we also have shows like iris and audio and oops all manga and hey if you support us at four dollars or more a month you get access to our uh, scanline tabletop shows our actual play podcasts so head on over to patreon.com scanline media or go to scanlinemedia.com for more information Huge thanks to Vetrom, as always, for the music. Go to youtube.com slash Projects to hear more great remixes. They have covers of games like Genshin Impact, Trauma Team, Splatoon, Fire Emblem. You name it, they've probably covered it. Check it out. Um, again, that's youtube.com slash Projects. And of course, hey, thank you for listening. It's kind of like of this show to go on big unannounced breaks but look life sometimes gets in the way of us being able to do this show but i thank you for your patience and i'm just so glad you're here listening i encourage you to follow us on twitter at you despaircast and if you want to send us an email email us at despaircast at gmail.com so for the next episode we will be covering the danganronpa 3 anime for now the watch order will be the first four episodes, so that will be episode one of the future arc, episode one of the despair arc, then episode two of the future arc, and episode two of the despair arc, in that order. If there are any changes or we, you know, do anything different, check the Twitter, we'll announce it beforehand. Anyway, that's it for me. Enjoy the rest of this episode of UDR, and I'll catch you later. Um, so, actually, the thing I want to talk about, I, so, Danganronpa Ultra Despair Girls, um, not just mechanically, like, the boss fights are actually pretty fun, um, but, oh god, I'm actually segueing away from something that I have a lot to talk about, but I really want to talk about, but I just, it just, I just remembered, um, this is, 
I actually really liked the dual antagonists because you have because you have the the Warriors of Hope, but they're kind of just like mini boss. They're kind of bosses, but they're not really the real deal antagonists. Right. Because like the main two are Haiji and Monica. Mm hmm. And and they are their brother and sister. Haiji wants to kill Monica. Adoptive, their adoptive brother and sister. Haiji wants to kill Monica because like she came in and like he's an abusive uh, older brother. He's a shithead, and she of course because she was in a, an abusive family that didn't want her. Um, but they took her in because she's a genius, a robotics genius or whatever. Uh, she of course is just like yeah, fuck him. I'm gonna make his life miserable. I'm gonna let him live. Um. And it's cool, and it's kind of cool because, like, they're both, they're, they're like, I just, it takes a while to get to that point. But I really like the fact that, like, Haiji is, you know, he's a, like, he starts, he's presented as, like, kind of, like, you know, he's presented as kind of, like, the leader of the adults, and he has it together, and, you know, he knows how he's gonna, he's gonna get you out of here, he knows what, he knows what's up. And, like, by the end of the game, he's just, like, you know, he just wants to kill kids. Yeah, like, the whole situation going on right here is, like, the Warriors of Hope have gone around Toa City and are basically slaughtering all the adults they can get their hands on. And uh, a few of them end up escaping underground with the help of uh, Haiji and Shirokuma. And, uh, yeah, it, it goes Which is, from of the course, a trap. Where it's... That's mm-hmm. engineered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it goes from the situation it's like, oh yeah, we're fighting for to protect adults and stuff to Haiji just being like, oh, I'm just gonna murder some children. That's what yeah, I'm gonna do. I I so I I lost my fucking mind during uh some of these scenes, and it just reminded me of like that's the, if anybody's seen Iron Blooded Orphans, you know we can't kill innocent children, but guilty children are okay, right? And that's just that's Haiji. That's just the dude. He and Iron mm-hmm. are the same guy. Um, Haiji, but like Haiji fucking rocks. I love that he's just like a weird sicko who's just very <laughs> pro killing children, and he sends out a big monokuma of his own as if it's like the metaphor is not not big enough, not not obvi- not obvious enough that he's like. Are you know, telling like, me? Are you telling me Danganronpa deals with blood metaphors? Danganronpa does not know what what subtext is. Danganronpa heard the word <laughs> subtext and immediately fell asleep. It was <laughs> they were in class for subtext, and they were just going. <laughs> Someone at Spunk Comsoft was uh, a subsidy of Spike Comsoft, of course. It was like, "Hey, you should, um, you should use some subtext here." And they shot him. They didn't. They didn't even fire him. They just they blew his brains out right at the right at the meeting table. And Monokuma is, uh, like looked the other way. Monokuma's a real person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Monokuma, I kind of wanted to bring this up. Unfortunately, this is the last time um, Monokuma was um, voiced by... Oh, what's her name? I uh, should the voice know. of Doraemon. Um, oh, I God. don't remember. It's fine. Hold. We'll edit it in post. I'll, yeah, I'll put in a fucking thing here and just be like, this is this is her name. Yep. Yeah, like there. we didn't know it at the time. We didn't, we couldn't recall it at the time. I mean, admittedly, this is a more freeform episode. Like, this is not quite how uh, as structured. Nobuyo Oyama. There it is. 
Got it. So this is, um, unfortunately, the last time Nobuyo Oyama voiced Monokuma in the Japanese version. Um, I think shortly after this game, um, she was diagnosed with dementia, unfortunately. And she had to retire from voice acting. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about like her replacement in Danganronpa 3. But I did... But it is unfortunate because, like, if I recall, Madokuma doesn't really do much except just, like, he just kind of makes, he just kind of exists and he makes, like, barks and, like. Yeah, yeah, he's, it's it's really unfortunate, like, Madokuma is not a character in this, he's just kind of, like, the design, that he's just kind of the brand, and Shirokuma and Kurokuma both fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like that's... The- <laughs> Kurokuma is they wanted to they wanted a gangster but they couldn't decide if they wanted a gangster who talked like a mobster and a gangster guy which may sound like I'm like mincing words and muddling what I'm saying but that's just the concept that they seem to have had for him they couldn't decide if he was like an Italian mobster a Jewish mobster a New York Jewish mobster or a black guy and they literally just he bounces between affectations every single time he's on screen with every line of dialogue and Mm -hmm. like this is obviously not the like i'm not gonna say this is the voice actor's fault Mm -hmm. because i don't think i don't think the voice actor had much say in it this is 100 percent like how he was just written in the text yeah and it's like i don't even think you can localize this into something good because like if you're gonna have um this this is just like god this is there's no this is like what do you do with popo and dragon ball you eventually when you get the dragon ball super you just write him out of the show exactly you just you can't do anything with this character because it's just like this is just this is just like i can't even begin to tell you why nobody wants to see this nobody like i promise you nobody's walking around with a kurokuma t-shirt on like i love this guy like in the immortal Popo. words, in the immortal words of uh, Jeff Gersman, uh, Mr. Popo is a fucking problem, <laughs> and and by that extension, Kurokuma is a fucking problem. Yeah, Shirokuma doesn't get off so easily either, though, because like Shirokuma has lines like, "Oh, you can trust me, I'm the white one," and it's like, "Oh God." I don't think they meant that in a racial way, but like, it doesn't. Shirokuma, help. Shirokuma is a soft boy who texts you his penis, like. Three, three posts three posts in it's like hey what you doing not much i'm at work how Whoops. was your day it's been good hog <laughs> uh, didn't and... need to see that blocking your number now and shirakuma and is so... just like that for six chapters now yeah. he's so soft he's live blocking his woman's study class yeah. Now, if Kurokuma, however, was visually decided after, like, Tony Soprano, that we'd have a completely different conversation. If Kurokuma was Tony Soprano, this would be the funniest fucking game ever made. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm sorry. Just replace Kurokuma with actual James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano. You could probably rip his model from Road to Respect and put him in the game. I, and just, like, rip some voice lines or some lines from The Sopranos. Just explain, and I think photorealistic James Gandolfini with these little kids that plotting to <laughs> blow up a whole city is sick as fuck. Actually, James Gandolfini is like his estate would like, never approve of this. 
But it would be like that time he went on the fucking on fucking Sesame Street. Was that no? That was um. That wasn't. That was the guy who plays Polly Walnuts and the guy who played Vito. Uh, no, I. Not. There are two separate shorts. <laughs> there are two separate shorts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there is the short in which Polly and what Vito. I haven't seen. Oh my god! Yeah. No, look it up right now. James Gandolfini, <laughs> Sesame Street. Let's wait to do this song. I don't know, Jen. I'm are just gonna doing wait a bit. To do this? <laughs> We're gonna do a bit. Okay. It's warm in here, and I'm just. <laughs> I'm. I'm. Oh I'm my god. Them. I see. James Gandolfini talks about feeling scared. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, I, anyway. Yeah. I think it'd be really good if he was like. I heard a loud noise, and it really, really scared me. It should scare you. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I feel like we should also get into well, maybe one of the elephants in the room is also like what they did with Comite in this one where it, Oh, you mean servants? Yes, servants cuz Comaeda had no reason to be in this game. So, I'm I'm pretty sure why Comite is in this game is because after Danganronpa 2, the character was just so fucking popular that um, Kadaka Gunner said, "Oh, I could do some more stuff with him, huh?" And he is. Is like, there a scene where fucking servant is covered in frosting or it, something? Oh it, yeah, it's it more the extreme scene. than that. Yeah. <laughs> There's. I literally like, posted it and added her. I'm like, yeah, this is the Komaeda Bukaki scene. I'm sure. You're <laughs> this, yeah, is, but, this is for you, Jen. Kadaka got in his head, like, okay. We're just going to keep turning up the horny dial for this character throughout the rest of this series. And in two, it's in the form of him wearing like a, a collar with chains named Servant. And he just has moments like that where he just gets a bunch of stuff thrown on I'm him. I'm surprised that he, this isn't your favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> he has a line where he's talking about, oh, I can't drink any more of your milkshakes. They'll fill up my stomach. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I Every time I, I look at this, I'm like, this is a Tumblr sexy man. This is the Tumblr sexy man. This is the one they think is sexy. Here's the thing. Uh, I believe, so we recently crossed like Danganronpa's 10th anniversary and I think they put out a character poll for the various games and there he is Komaeda number, number one. one at the top <laughs> I think for like what entire character list and also Danganronpa 2 specific list yeah yeah people just love Komaeda mm-hmm. yeah people do love and Rampa. <laughs> uh, yeah, his his whole thing. I, in this game I is got like, like two thirds through that sentence before I realized what I was gonna have to say. <laughs> people love Dang and Rampa. That's why people listen to this podcast. The folks love it. <laughs> yep. But yeah, his actual role in this game is basically as a weird double agent situation where he's he's basically helping you take down the Warriors of Hope, but he's doing it in a way it's like. Oh, I have to take away all your bullets for game balance purposes. Well, and... I mean, he's not—he's not helping you though. Like he's—he is explicitly like not on your side, and he was cultivating you to get to the point where, like, you know, Monica, like you—you—you you, you beat the game because he wants because you're the resurrection of Junko. 
Uh, you're supposed to be that, rather. And mm-hmm. you know, so he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm setting you up so that, like, Monica wins. And then ostensibly, because he hates Junko, he's going to, like, kill you or, like, fuck you or do both. And then... Or get also, killed by you and fucked by you. Right. And it's like, also, he doesn't have that much relevance to the plot overall until it is basically him hand-delivering the AI that would infest Jabberwock Island. Is he the one who grabs the... I, I feel like he's, he's he goes for that, but then... No, it's... Um, it's um, it's he, he carries Monica back. It's... Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Uh, oh my god, Izuru Kamakura is his name. Yeah. Izuru, who has yeah. the uh, who has the Monokuma heads. Um, yeah, Kamakura goes for the AI while Kome is like, oh, if I just keep nurturing her, maybe she'll still become the next Junko. So that's what I'm doing yeah. now. Monica, I, again, like, when Monica, like, if Monica did, I wish Monica wasn't trying to be Junko. I kind of feel like this would have been way better if it was, like, a self-contained story about, like, you know... Just some, everything like... but the conspiracy. Everything but the conspiracy stuff. Because it tried it thro- like Danganronpa. I think one of the like parts of Danganronpa that I'm a little lukewarm on is all the twists. I'm sick of mm. twists. I don't like well, them. You don't. You don't like. You, you go. You go to like the Taco Bell to get some cinnamon twists, and you're like, no, untwist them. Yeah, give me some cinnamon normals. Give me some cinnamon <laughs> sticks. Don't spend uh, any meter on these cinnamons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got bad news for you about the next two things we're doing. <laughs> oh, fuck. We're spending meter on cinnamons? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ah! I... Um... Okay. Do we have... What other thoughts do we have on, like, Ultra Despair Girls? Like as a thing, I am genu I am genuinely surprised, but like, also not that I surprised talk about that you. Kodoko. <laughs> hmm? I want to talk about Kodoko. She's my favorite. All right, let's talk I, about I Kodoko. I think it's fun. I, I love that she has like a denture launcher. I think that's <laughs> fucking rocks. Like she like so she so so there is a boss fight where you have like unlimited uh, uh, genocide jack time, and you play as uh, Toko because like this is when Komaru is tied up. And like she's shooting her denture, her sh- shitty little denture teeth at you, and like they get you, and she just stands there laughing at you while you get while you go through this long animation because you're on a timer and you're invincible. It's the timer is very generous, also, so it's not like an actual threat thing, but I, I think it's just, it's very charming. Uh, Kotoko mm. also is like for a character with her backstory, it's. This I feel she's desexed, which is a thing that I wasn't expecting Danganronpa to do, but I'm kind of positively surprised by it. Like, cause like the I like I'm I never really expect Danganronpa to have good boundaries, but like right. there was very obviously a line that they did not want to cross with Kotoko, so like I'm almost more forgiving of the lines that they did cross, you know. Cause it's a little, cause her her backstory is like very grim, but I feel like it's never portrayed as anything but like grim and tragic, and like there is like, almost a level of respect towards it. Although you know how how far that goes is dubious. I may be maybe going back on rose tinted glasses, but like I don't know. I mean, it just 
that's just kind of like the Danganronpa story is that occasionally it gets it right. Yeah. Broken clocks twice a day. Um, mm-hmm. Also a thing with Kotoko. Uh, she like betrays, she's like the enemy, but she betrays them. And then she's like, you. Ex- she's like supposed to betray you, but she doesn't. And, and she's like, she feels like she's doing a parody of what Komaeda's doing, which is kind of funny. Um, and I think she's just she's entertaining she does she's i i love like she does she drops like a a line delivery where it's like you know i'm really super mad right now i can't believe you've done that and it's like you know and like it's like how a kid would talk no actually it's it's not how it's not how a kid would talk i think that she's she's somebody who's like she's she's somebody who's like very obviously who has a lot of rage in her and like that's why she's the fighter of course which i think is a good little mm-hmm. touch she's somebody who has a lot of rage in her but like she doesn't she knows that she can't express that rage so she's just uses her background in theater to act calm and normal and i think mm-hmm. that's like it's a weirdly well textured character like what the fuck dang and rob <laughs> why do we have like an a- what why do we have this like decently written character with these traits? It's a weird choice for sure. <laughs> you know it's, what? I, yeah, it's it's like it's it's I don't I, I like her way more than I than like I I really had any expectations of liking her. I kind of expected to hate her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like no, she kind of rocks actually. She's kind of just fun to have on on screen. So this is gonna feel like um not much of a, like a stretch or a weird comparison, but like, did you watch Akudama Drive? I haven't. I haven't. Okay, so for people who don't know, Akudama Drive is the first anime like from Tokyo Games, which is the studio that Kodaka and um, Uzukoshi, yeah, made together. And I, you know, what you're talking about with these textured characters, right, that occasionally happen in Danganronpa, that, you know, sometimes, like, there are more misses than there are hits. But I feel like when I was watching Akadama Drive, it was like, oh, these, all these characters are, like, fun and interesting and textured in, like, really good ways, right? And I feel like it's one of those things where Kodaka needs someone else to basically say, to basically squirt them with like a fucking spritz bottle and say, no, <laughs> don't do that. See, this is why, this is why I am extremely pro editors. I think, um, cause like all, cause like, that's the thing is like without filters, like your stuff is, de- your stuff can get deranged and sometimes it's deranged in a good way. And sometimes uh-huh. you just need somebody to smack you upside the head and be like, no, we will not have this in here. You undercut your you're undercutting yourself. Go deranged in the other direction. Yeah. So it's like I I mean I, I think I've talked about it before, but like I genuinely recommend people to check out Agodama Drive because it has like it is very clearly from the Danganronpa writer, but it also has somebody else to kind of rein him in a little bit. Or at the, or less rein him in and more like, alright. Find, like, the nuggets of, like, really good stuff in Kodaka's ideas and polish them. I kind of feel this way about Kojima. 
Um, yeah, Kojima like, is like he a needs somebody, similar yeah, guy. He needs somebody to rein, rein him in. Because, like, otherwise, he's going to make a game about, like, where you just jerk Mads, Mads Mikkelsen off for, like, three hours. Jen, quick, hot take about Death Stranding right now. <laughs> I was just going to say, on the same lines as Kojima, did you see that thing recently where he quote tweeted an, act, an actor in boxers <laughs> with like the PS1 solid snake getting electrocuted <laughs> I genuinely do not believe that Hideo Kojima is a heterosexual man <laughs> like honest to god I you know I feel like somebody just ha- I feel like if somebody sat him down and was like okay you know that you can fuck other men right he'd just be like oh my god oh. I can I'm allowed <laughs> fuck all this then bye <laughs> Jack, did leave. you leave he the would, room he would leave yeah I, I actually got out of my chair he would do exactly that he'd get out of his chair he'd leave mid-interview and he'd go and like, then, hit up Nicholson yeah, he, he and he'd be like guys guys I just found out the most amazing thing have you heard of this thing called homosexuality <laughs> Anyway, I just, I just, I just really, I really want Hideo Kojima. I, I, I really want him to come out of the closet already. It's, I'm sick of it. I'm sure, like, I like <laughs> I'm sure he is into women. I mean, he is married. He, he is married. He has a wife. But he, all he, I think he's all. I think he's also very much into men too. And I think, I think he should just. I think that I, I he should just embrace that. He should, yeah. He should, he should openly embrace that. He should be allowed to embrace it. We're here Jen, for you, Kojima. We're here for we're you. Here for you. <laughs> yep. I was going to say, I'm not sure if Kojima is actually queer, but I will say that he does get really weird about sexuality. Like when he had Vamp in Metal Gear Solid 2, and he's like, no, Vamp isn't vampire. Vamp means bisexual. You, you need to do it in the fucking... You need to do it in the Solid Snake voice, Jed. <laughs> I can't do a Solid Snake voice. It's because he's bisexual. <laughs> That's pretty good, Kyrie. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hideo Kojima here or there. It's like, what were you even talking about before Hideo Kojima? We were, we were talking about editors, and we, I was talking about Akadama Drive, and I was talking about like the various nuggets and kernels of great stuff within Danganronpa. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where, like, there's a, there's a new anime coming out from Tokyo Games, like Tribe 9, right? Mm-hmm. Tribe 9 looks great, but... And I, I will see if this, like, holds true of, like, if Kodaka is given somebody else to work with and somebody who is willing to say to Kodaka to, like, hey, man, let's, like, slow down a little bit. Um, we get some, like, really genuinely great stuff. And again, this is not to say there isn't, like, good stuff in, like, Danganronpa 3 and Danganronpa V3. Like, I still adore V3. I really cannot wait till we get to V3, but we gotta get through Danganronpa 3 first. And that's going to be this whole thing. (laughs) Right. There are some bits of Danganronpa 3 that are a problem, but I still think, like, the strengths of that anime is going to be in the character dynamics and relationships. Yeah. And, like, going back to, like, the central relationship in this specific game, like, uh, I think it's really good how you spend a lot of time with Kamaru being like, justly terrified of this new world she finds herself in. Like, being leaving captivity for so long and just being given a gun, and it's like, okay, these monsters are murdering everyone in the streets, and you just gotta get through it. And 
She basically has to receive pep talks again and again from Toko in her own way just because, like, yeah, this is, the situation really fucking sucks, but she just needs to push through it, even as, like, the people she's meeting get blown up or they keep getting corralled away from potential exits, that kind of thing. And, uh, it's good how, like, giving Toko someone to look after in the form of Kamaru matures Toko as well. Like, she's less getting into her own head about how, oh, you're wearing that schoolgirl outfit, how slutty of you, and stuff like that, and just treating to treating Kamaru increasingly like a person should. And, uh, it's really sweet to see the two of them grow that way. Yeah. And I, and I, and to expound upon your point, I think that mm -hmm. in, um, the original game, whenever they kind of left, uh, Toko alone, she kind of, they didn't know what to do with her. Cause right. she, they just, and so she just kind of like went on about Byakuya and was like annoying and like, you know, oh, nobody will like me. I'm sweaty and gross. And it's like, fuck off. And then like having everybody's having, sweaty and gross, Toko. Yeah. Everybody's sweaty and gross. Listen, when was the last time you thought like Kamaru hasn't bathed in several days? <laughs> canonically um mm -hmm. i mean kamaru like just straight up tells her like you know no don't talk to you don't talk about yourself like that that's fucked up you know and i think that the, it's it's like a good i don't know it's just I, I we love when girls support each other yes and i mean also having like toko um you know interact having toko with uh komaru being like a force to drive her forward is also a really good dynamic. Like, I think they've really like, they kind of struck gold on this one. Um, what else? It also writes Toko out of the plot, which partially feels like, you know, like of the next game, which also means that she's not going to die. So like, yeah. 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 They get back to her in like the show, but, uh, You'll probably like what they do with her in the show, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. I also, like, I also like that. I'm sorry, I'm like cutting all off. I, it's I all fine. I really like that. Um, I really like that Komaru's like kind. I mean, like I like that Komaru's like personable and outgoing, and like just genuinely this like, you know. Well, Komaru is like basically she is a decent person. She's also that's... she's also a fucking weirdo. She is also a bit of a I I do love that like as we play through the game like this nor like she's she's cat she she keeps a she keeps assertively saying that she's normal but like every time there's like back and forth dialogue you know it's just like oh yeah you know I she'll say something like extremely off the wall like oh yeah my favorite food is Kasumarzu and it's like what no ew what <laughs> what that has maggots in it what the fuck. <laughs> What the fuck? My brother, yeah, she'll just drop. My somewhere. brother, oh, my brother wrestles birds. My, yeah, it's my. It's like that weird. It's she fucking rocks. It's like a weird like non sequitur. And then like Toko will be like, oh yeah, that's fucked up. What the fuck? And they have this like back and forth where like the most normal person in the world, quote unquote, is just like constantly being ridiculous and like so off the wall it kind of it just rips yeah and she's also like headstrong in surprising ways like yeah. 
the bit where she takes the motorcycle and uh, just decides, okay, I'm the one driving now. <laughs> While uh, Toko's just in the back being like, ah. <laughs> it's very entertaining. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's also, it's really good because, like, she just, like, I feel like in a lesser game, like, if this mm-hmm. was, it, like, I was expecting Toko to be taking the lead on most of the things. And the fact, and, like, for, and the fact that, like, Komaru is actually, you know, kind of based. Fucking rocks. I think this. There, there are a lot of points where they where they drop the ball, but I think that they they there's such a solid foundation for Ultra Despair Girls that it fucks me up that this game is legitimately good. What fucking happened? <laughs> so it seems like, but like, so Jackie, would you recommend like? Okay, I don't think I would recommend any Danganronpa to anybody. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Okay, in the context of Danganronpa, <laughs> um, like, like you're would you head Danganronpa is a series for you? If you're not, uh, maybe something else. Um, what I mean is, like, would you say it is worthwhile to like play the game or like check oh, yeah. out an LP or At like very least check out the something awful let's play or watch the vods of my stream um yeah we go on some wild tangents on those vods oh yeah we go insane on those vods i think <laughs> yeah we are we are very we're funny all the time we're funnier when we have like uh when it's like f- literally three in the morning and i'm doing the first boss <laughs> and i have no clue what the fuck's going on and we're like, oh, I'm about it. Like, I literally, I think the fucked up thing is that, like, Masaru, like, actually having, like, gravitas in his scene, where he's, like, trying to, beating the shit out of his arm to, like, make him, co- to calm himself down. Like, that hooked me on the, that hooked me on the, on the game. And I was not, mm-hmm. that caught me so off guard. I was like, oh, they're not gonna, they're not gonna do anything with, like, real emotional impact. And it's like, nah, I keep underestimating Danganronpa and it keeps getting my ass. <laughs> yeah as for me it's a situation where like they invented a fourth game to put in the Rampa decadence collection on switch so they wouldn't have to port this one and i've always been like yeah fair because this i'm is sorry one... they invented a what, what was the fourth game okay so okay quick sidebar in the celebration of the 10th anniversary i believe uh, Danganronpa 1, 2, and V3 are on Switch. On, in V3, <laughs> there is a side game that you can unlock that is basically all the Danganronpa characters. You can raise all the Danganronpa characters like Tamagotchis and then send them off into dungeons to, like, do stuff. For the they, ex- Dang- they made a new game based off of that? Yes. Specifically, so they wouldn't have to include Ultra Despair Girls in this collection, I think. Or God, yeah. that's fucked up. Ultra Despair Girls is legitimately good. I, that's ah, uh. and I don't mean, is and he... I don't, and I promise, I don't have questionable taste. I think <laughs> I have good taste. Yeah, see, for me, it's a situation where the act of playing it is so miserable that, like, it's always the one that I think is skippable i feel like it's miserable in a funny way like i guess i guess the thing is is like it's a more fun game to stream than it is that's the thing i think that might be i think that might be why i think that might be why i had so why i genuinely really enjoyed it was that like i was ripping into it the whole time with a group of friends 
So yes. like playing that context it, is important. Yeah. Yeah, context is important, and I think, but like, and I think that gave me a a point where like I was, where like even without that, I would probably be okay with it at very least. Yeah, for me, it's a situation where I feel like people are better served. Like, if they really have to know the the story, reading the manga or reading the Let's Play or something like that. Because yeah, I mean, I guess I think sometimes it's just fun to like. I I think that there's a, a different feel to when like you're playing the game and you get to see all the animations up close and all the stuff. Because there are some really fun. There are a lot of like, and I pointed this. I point this out in the vods that there's a lot of like cute animation things that they do like i love how uh toko ducks and kind of cowers under your uh you know uh and when you point the gun at her and when you point the gun at haiji he like he like kneels and like you know in just kind of a prepared like stance he doesn't look like he doesn't really even seem bothered by it Mm -hmm. just kind of letting you set up a better shot um right i like that I I'm gonna be honest. I I didn't even dislike the the way that they handled Monica faking dis- her disability because like I was because exp- the way they framed Monica the entire time made it made it feel like she was gonna just like roll up to somebody and kick them in the shin like throughout the entire game at like literally some point like that it would be inevitable and I loved the re- and I thought that it was a really it was kind of dumb to reveal it because but th- like via um like fucking kurokuma i hate him um but having him like reveal it through like there's a ladder that you have to climb to get to monica's room and it's like why would she use a ladder if she's you know not able to use her legs blah 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 um well i didn't love that but i thought that that was like an at least kind of clever like way of tipping the hand um Jen, you had you had something you wanted to say. To me, it's she's basically faking two different types of disability because much like Jotaro, she goes through like this thing where occasionally she'll just get angry and then she just starts flailing around and I don't think that's like, fake. Well hold on, let's let Jen finish. Oh sorry. Okay. That that might not be fake, but yeah, it feels like they're just combining two different sort of things that you would expect, like one, the wheelchair, and then two, like just how some kids take a longer time to mentally develop and stuff like that, and they just kind of combine them in an unpleasant way. See, I I think like I'm I'm gonna be honest. I my inter my read on Monica was that like she is legitimately unstable. Like only somebody who is legit who who has like you know who has that level of you know immaturity. To, yeah, like immaturity, but more specifically, the need to be in control, and that need mm-hmm. to be in control is like. Only somebody with those problems and those like you know, person like personal underdevelopments would come up with the sort of plan and like the you know the the, the that requires the level of like depravity that she you know that she does because like she's evil and fucked up but she's also like a kid that's been fucked up by her circumstances and it's I mean that of course doesn't justify but like that plus you know it just general like instability you know probably would like it sells it it sells the idea of like this is somebody who would be who would be like more fucked up than the warriors of hope you know that like she's that she's mal that she's socially malconditioned on top of that 
Mm. Yeah, I, I guess you could read it as, like, socially malconditioned. Yeah, I just think that, like, because, like, the idea, like, she's essentially just, like, a shitty shut-in. And that's, like, I don't know. Like, she's, she's kind of, I, I think that she's, she is less compelling when it turns out that she's connected to Junko. And more compelling when it's, like, her and Haiji. Right. Because, as I said earlier, Haiji, I, I, Haiji's degeneration from, like, normal to, from, like, kind of normal leader of the adults to, like, fucked up child murderer, like, agent child killer. Um, (laughs) And, like, Monica being, like, of course evil, but also, like, evil because she had evil done to her, even if she refuses to acknowledge it. Because, like, she refuses to, like, she she's like, oh, yeah, they're fucked up, but, like, I am more fucked up than them. Because I knew that it's, like, I knew that they didn't like having me around. And I would poke it, I would push their buttons so that they felt guilty about it. I even faked being disabled. And it's like, dog, you just wanted a hug. You're just like a fucked up little kid. I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I, I think, um, I think they were decent antagonists. Um... I think uh, the fact that you get fucking possessed by the ghost of the father and then he says some fucked up shit through you like as a ghost and he's like, oh, that damn that stupid bitch should have been grateful. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was it was a scene. It was a scene that went like, wow, that primes you to be sympathetic to him. And he's just like, oh, I should that bastard child. She should have been. She owes me everything. And it's like, whoa, hold up, you old fuck. <laughs> Excuse that me. That was such a weird out of place moment. Like, even considering Danganronpa, like, okay, so now the supernatural are just actually real and Hagakari may not, not be full of shit. Fuck. Danganronpa just makes shit happen. Shit just happens yes. in Danganronpa. It's a serious Does it have... <laughs> Go ahead. I, I'm just saying, doesn't Hagakari have, like, a fucking 35% accuracy with his, like, <laughs> yeah. like premonitions well, or whatever? Well, telling's not real. But yeah, like, but we're getting into this thing where, like, with hold the on, possession... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. telling's not real? <laughs> I mean, I it's, those, it's real I if bought, it's real to you, Kiri. Are you saying? It's, like, it's real to me. It's like the Suchinoko. It's real to me. <laughs> Wait, the Suchinoko's not real? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Wait, the Suchinoko's not real? Wait, what? <laughs> the Suchinoko's not... You telling me that there's no fat snake that curls up into a ball and just... Down a hill? <laughs> what the fuck have I been living my whole life for? Suchinoko real in I my heart. I can't believe Danganronpa would do this to us. I can't believe Danganronpa is tearing us apart. Oh my god, Danganronpa. He's tearing this family apart. Danganronpa, no. No, that's bad. You can't tell me these lies. Um, I, I do love that ghosts are real in Danganronpa, but like, it's not commented upon. Like, like I, I kind of love that. Like, theoretically, it could just be Komaru having a psychic break, but like, she does, she does like get, she does get information that she wouldn't have otherwise, and like, yeah. she still like it's, it just happens, and like, it's commented upon, and it's like some weird freak shit. I also love that she that that Komaru decapitate that because Toko is like afraid of blood, Komaru decapitates his corpse. On her own, <laughs> she just rips the guy's head off like Mortal Kombat. 
Presumably, I don't think there's a saw in the room. She just rips the guy's head off and like puts it in a shopping bag. <laughs> and she's like, the deed is done. It's done. We're not talking about it. Oh, this is gross. It's great. I like that felt like some Cohen brothers. That was some Cohen brothers shit. It was so good. Honest to God. Like Ultra Despair Girls is not a perfect game, but it genuinely has like higher highs for me than Danganronpa 2 did. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, it doesn't overstay its welcome that much either. Because, like, you beat the final boss and, like, yeah, there's a there's an epilogue and it takes some time. But in retrospect, you're gone. It's not, you're in and out. For Danganronpa, not, you're gone. It's not the, what was it, four-hour like ordeal that was Danganronpa 2's ending? Danganronpa 2's ending still makes me mad. I think about the fact that I, I was like, oh, this, what, this is going to take like two, three hours? Four <laughs> and a half hours. Four All right. and a half hours. So, Jackie, unless there was something else to say, where can people find these VODs you keep mentioning? Twitch.tv slash your lizard friend. Uh, you will see the stream improve as you go into the VODs. Um... This is because I'm I have like a, a VTuber well not a VTuber rig but a a, a ping tuber rig now um, that I have made myself. Um, there is uh, I have a Twitter at Chairman Mao at Twitter dot com slash Chairman Mao, um, and you post you post your stream schedules and you've been working on that um, rig for like for your uh, VTuber yeah I've been model. working yeah I. VTuber rigging is really hard. I'm just I've just been doing ping tuber stuff mostly. I'm gonna make <laughs> buttons so I could change like the emotes and shit. But I don't think I think I'm gonna be away away from uh from VTube from VTubing. I'm almost an affiliate on Twit on Twitch. Um yeah. I'm almost an affiliate on Twit as well. Um but on Twit, the less known yeah, the, the less, less known. known It's a streaming platform for idiots. <laughs> hey it's uh, notorious catchphrase. Oh you twit. Oh, Jen, Four boobs by boobs. <laughs> hey, it's called the boob tube. I don't know. Jed, pe- tell people, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Okay, you can find me at JBU3 on Twitch. Most of my stuff. On Twitch? <laughs> you can find me at JBU3 on Twitter. You've done this like a hundred million times. <laughs> Most of my stuff can be found on scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. But I also host a narrative gaming book club podcast called Novel Not New, a true end podcast, which you can get to by going to readinggames.online. There you go, Jen. You got it. You nailed it. You can find me at Kyrie Page on Twitter.com. That's where I am. That's where That's I'll where be. That's where she is. You can find me. forever. The... Forever. Yeah, forever. I'm stuck. I'm like I'm a digital ghost. Oh, jeez. I'll get you out of there. I'm okay, good great. With ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, yeah. And um, our account for the podcast is twitter.com slash you despaircast. That's right, you despaircast. It's you. It's you, you. having the You're despair. the one despairing. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are too, but like you're the important one, dear listener. Right. Dear um, listener, which again, if you have waited for a while, again, sorry, <laughs> this 
sort of thing just sort of happens, but... God, we, we... ruined our regular schedule. <laughs> oh, 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 yes, no. our regular schedule. Um, but, it... hey, the next the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to cover Danganronpa 3, the anime, the uh, Despair arc and Future arc. Uh, we I'll put in some details in the mid-episode bumper about what you're going to do for following along with that. Like, this is officially season three of Despaircast. Woo! 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 Yay! Woo! Um, but yeah, definitely check us out. Check out some of the old episodes. I mean, if you, for some godforsaken reason, decided this was the first one you listened to, I don't know, listen to, listen to those uh, earlier episodes. Uh, I interviewed Kira Buckland, voice of fucking Jolene Cujo. Yeah, that shit, that shit reps. Mm-hmm. I love that both of the voice actors for Jolene and and, uh, and Stone Ocean are just like super huge jazzed. Jo- yeah, just huge Jolene fangirls. Huge it's great. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fans always wanted to voice Jolene, and they got their mm-hmm. dreams. It's really good. Voice of a lifetime. It's the dreams come true arc. But all right, I think that's it. All right, till next. Till next time, everybody. Class dismissed. Class dismissed, folks. Peace out. Let's get the peace out. Let's get the get fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Man, so, here. It's so hot in this room. <laughs>